Dun 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 It's season three of Basic Snitches. Basic Snitches. That is a really loud thing. That is. She's looking at the very start of this season. <laughs> Which is very loud. Where both of us were doing a fanfare bullshit. And it looks gigantic in audacity. <laughs> we're starting this season out right. That's right. We ate tacos. We we're not finished so eating much. tacos. But well, we we're tacos. probably eating more tacos because of us. We drinking wine. What do you think of the wine? I think it's actually quite good. It's pretty good. It was on sale. At Earth Fair because it's Earth going Fair out died. of business. I'm so sad. I didn't know that Earth Fair was going out of business. Glad I got some wine before they did. Rip Earth Fair. Season three. Season three. Can you believe that this is the third season of this podcast? We've only been recording for a little over a year. Yeah, like a year and a quarter. Something like that. I'm bad and at numbers. And we got through so. two books. I read two books. I'm a numbers hoe. So my trainer, for example, he always is like, how many subscribers do you have? And I'm like, I don't know. That's Tara's thing. I do look at numbers all day. She can look at the numbers of how many subscribers we have. Oh, I'll check that. We have some. I'm doing this mostly for fun. And hopefully we make a few people giggle and think about the yes. wonderful world of Harry Potter. But we are doing this for fun. Yes. And to hold ourselves accountable for something that doesn't make us want to scream that's right you are once this is going to be published we'll be rehearsing a show hopefully i mean i haven't been officially cast but it sounds like it's that's pretty good possibility i haven't done a show it's been about six months which has been the biggest break that i've taken from theater come check out dearly departed Rodney high spotlights that's right i'll be a it Southern opens Ho. at the end of this month it does. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. When is this episode We're recording dropping? at the beginning of March, but yes. this is going to be posted at the beginning of April. Yeah. Speaking of, happy April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. It might actually be April 2nd, but it's, that's okay. Like that. That's the happy April Fool's April. Joke. Happy Woo. April. It's spring, basically. Also, you know how sometimes I just post at like midnight, so then it shows up at the next one. Yes, time. exactly. That's so, why it might be the second. Yeah. But whatever. You'll get your episode. you get it. By the way, my name is Adam. Oh my gosh, you didn't know our names? My name is Tara. And today we're reading Owlpost. Chapter one of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh! She wrote me a lovely chapter story. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about this book. Can't wait. All right, ready? Chapter one, Owlpost. Harry Potter is a weird kid who has to secretly do homework in the dead of night. Also, he doesn't like summer. What a fucking weirdo. He lives with a bunch of assholes who don't really like summer that much either because that's when he's around and they hate him. So when Harry is doing his homework late into the night, he realizes that it is his 13th birthday. Oh, he also doesn't really like his birthday because the assholes never acknowledge it. But he does have friends that do acknowledge it. Friends that also happen to be weirdos. Friends who sent him birthday presents at 1 o'clock in the morning by Owl. Weird. Oh yeah, Harry Potter is a wizard. He goes to Hogwarts, which is a school for wizards. There are several pages in which we learn redundant information about our story's protagonist and read letters from his two best friends, Hermione and Ron, who are having a better summer than he is. He also gets a letter and a biting book from the Hogwarts gamekeeper, so after three owls just show up in the middle of the night, Harry has his best birthday to date, presents and letters from his two best friends, and a book that tries to murder him much better than last year. Happy birthday, Harry! 13 is going to be great! Finally a year where everything will be good and educational and normal and not at all dangerous. Sort of. <laughs> 
Prisoner of Azkaban. Y'all probably know this about me already, but I think this is my favorite book and movie. And one of the things that I kind of like about it, I think, is that because we get a reprieve from Voldemort, it focuses a little bit more on Harry's story and his backstory and all that good stuff. So I'm really excited about this book, not really because of the reprieve from Voldemort, but I'm really excited to look at how Voldemort is present in this book. That's cool. It's really important to remember that he's present. This is not my favorite book or my favorite movie because I don't have a favorite book. I don't know that I have a favorite movie. I guess if I did, it would maybe be this one. Berkeley is trying to be on the podcast. Berkeley's trying to chime in. Do not step on that keyboard. She was about to step on the space bar. That would fuck everything up. Yeah, that's right. Get out of here. She's leaving. But no, I'm excited about I'm excited about it. It's going to be fun. Yes, I agree. When we were watching this snippet of the movie, I was telling Tara, like, even reading it, I'm already in the mindset that, yes, this is probably going to be my favorite book. Because, as you all know, I really love learning more about the world and all the magical stuff and elements that are more commonplace in their world. Well, we don't really get too much of it in these two chapters. We get some reminders of it and whatnot. But in the little teaser, when the DVD is warming up before you get to the menu, you do see some of those things like the night bus you see dementors you see trelawney you see lupin you see sirius black you see all these things that are really really big plot points for the entire rest of the series yes there was some of that in chamber secrets but it, it doesn't have the same longevity yeah that some of the things from this book has so it feels like a second philosopher's stone to me Almost. Well, it's interesting that you said that because I wasn't really sure how to summarize the first chapter because the first chapter is Harry reading letters and I would rather just talk about the letters and try to put them in the summary. So I kind of made fun of the fact that we're like redundantly going over, you know, who he is and all that. But I actually think that it's well done. Yeah. The chapter's not terribly long. I mean, first of all, you should never start the series on any book but the first one. But I guess if you were starting the series on this book... You have what you need, Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Um, so. But don't ever do that. No. It's the exposition chapter, of course, but they bring in some of these elements that are so nice. And in contrast, the last book, last book starts pretty dark already. And there's a little bit more light. There's a little bit more hope. The first chapter is the most hopeful first chapter of the first three books. Absolutely. And maybe the first... Uh, the whole series. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get there when we read the rest of the series, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that this is the most hopeful. Which is interesting because this book is pretty dark. But there's also a lot of light in this book, I think. I think of just Sirius Black and how the book ends and there is this new person in Harry's life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's other things in people slash rodents that we will encounter along the way. Fuck that guy. Oh, gosh. He's already referenced in this first chapter. He is. Yes. So we could get into that. Yes. Well, I don't want to start necessarily there, but I do have... Well, no, we can get into the first chapter, I mean. We open up and Harry is doing homework under his covers by the light of Lumos, I assume. I don't know that he is, even though the movie likes to make us think that. Because yeah. <laughs> he's not learning magic outside of school, so... Yeah, I think yeah. maybe... Um, well, he's writing an essay. Yeah, maybe he is candlelight. He can see for some reason. Yeah, his magical vision. Maybe whatever. that's what it is. Yeah, because Harry, you know, the one with glasses, has right magical now. vision. Yeah, does he use candle? You would assume, but then at the same time, like, if he's got to really quickly put it out because the Dursleys are coming, when you blow out a candle, first of all, you can smell it. It has that very distinct, like, ashy smell. Maybe he You just, can also see the smoke, you know, so... Maybe he just has his light on. I don't know. Or a yeah. Lamp. You know, we're, like, overanalyzing this. We totally are. fucking has a lamp. We're already bed. starting off 
How, what are we at? 12 minutes in and we're already like nitpicking the shit out of this. Maybe it's just by moonlight. Oh, he has a flashlight. He has a flashlight. I was like, Aww, I feel like it's in the chapter. That's very muggly. But he's writing an essay <laughs> by flashlight. He's not about to do magic. That's true. But he's writing an essay by <laughs> flashlight. And this is where a couple things come up. I always love like references to other characters and stuff. But the little bag shot comes up. I don't know if... Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's probably been mentioned already. But I think as... She's mentioned in the first book, and is, which is when we talked about Newt's commander being mentioned. Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. I think maybe because we're getting a little bit further in the series, and we just got over a lot of snake issues, I am thinking a little bit more about the future of Bethilda Bagshot. If you know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. If not, keep listening. The other one was during the death day party in the last season. We talked about the bitch who kept lighting herself on fire. Yeah. And this is where she is. It's Wendelin the Weird. Wendelin the Weird. I really think that's cool. (laughs) I don't know. I like her. It makes me think of the Balenciaga moment in American Horror Story Coven. Okay. You haven't seen it. No. The bitch gets lit on fire several times. Burnt at the stake. She doesn't get just lit on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever makes you happy. I don't know. Well, and like, it's, I don't know. This is an American Story podcast. Maybe one day we'll do one. Probably not. Don't bet on it or anything. Speaking of that, also in a few weeks, I'm going to New Orleans. I will be very close to the Buckner Mansion where Coven happened, and I really want to go, but it's not in walking distance, so I'm not going. I mean, my free time in New Orleans when I'm not working is going to be spent walking around drunk in New Orleans and going on ghost tours. Absolutely. Says the person who's never been to New Orleans. I've never been either. I'm so excited. Last year for work, I went to Las Vegas, and this year I'm going to New Orleans. Work has taken me all the party cities. Work takes me to my desk. I know. Healthcare is fun. Yeah, healthcare is a little bit more of a localized thing. What happens if when we post this, I don't work in healthcare anymore? Ooh! <laughs> Spoiler alert, maybe? Probably yeah, healthcare. and the special episode will, like, chime back in and Terry will be like, now I am the CEO of my very own company where <laughs> I pet cats all day. God, I want that job. Maybe you should make your own business. Maybe it's like pet sitting, except people bring their cats to you. And I just sit there and pet hey. cats. Do you have a long job where you can't be at home with your cats? Bring them over to my house. Tara's pussy petting party. I'll build your website. It'll cost you, though. My rate's 40 bucks an hour. My rate's also 40 bucks an hour for any of you listeners out there looking for some digital marketing. Oh my god. We both have we both have My rate now. is $35 a day to pet your cat. Oh, she's competitive. We both got our own businesses now. I, I've had my own business. Well, yes, we both technically have, but now she got a website. Tara's Pussy Pet and Party dot com dot org dot org. All right. Anyways, back, back, back to the actual episode. What, what the fuck were we talking Do we go work under the blanket? Oh, yes. We, okay, Wendell the Weird. So, Wendell yes. the Weird, we meet that bitch. I really enjoy that. There's the little moment that it, he alludes to he got all of these materials from picking the lock. Oh, yes. Of his old bedroom under the stairs. Fred and George must have taught him. Yes! That's exactly what I was going to say. Well, Weasley frames. Yeah. We have this moment where he's kind of like wondering where Hedwig has been. He's not worried about her, but he's like, oh, I haven't seen Hedwig for a while. He does look up and notice that it's 1 a.m., so he is officially 13. Oh, we have not talked about Ron's phone call. Oh, my God, we didn't talk about Ron's phone call. That's right. I wrote this here, and then I was like, oh, it's not brought up into the letters. I'm like, of course it's brought up before the letters. Ron's phone call. Oh, Ron. Honestly, I just want to pat Ron on the head. And I also want to shake Mr. Weasley for not, like, knowing how to 
take care of that. Well, I wonder if Ron just did it. Because I wonder. Harry did say the thing in the last book about, like, there's this thing called phones. Here's my phone number. But also, how did Ron get to a phone? The Weasleys wouldn't have a phone. Well, you know that. Arthur probably Arthur has. Arthur has just somewhere. a random-ass phone. Yeah. In his, like, lock mobile basement. Lock that shit up, Arthur. You got teenage boys. Lock up, lock up your muggle shit. And two of them are fucking Fred and George, and they do anything they want. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Exactly. But um, I, I love that Ron calls Harry and like he doesn't know what he's doing and there's that great exchange or whatever. I think it's fascinating that in that moment, Harry's like thinking about how Hermione hadn't gotten in touch and how he's like, oh, that's too bad because she would know how to use a telephone. I'm shocked she hadn't. But I also at the same time was like, maybe she has kind of the thought process of, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. You know? The fact that he thinks that is interesting. She would have had the sense to not mention Hogwarts and she wouldn't have yelled and, and all. Absolutely. Like, she would have known what to do. I'm a little sad for Harry, but I wonder if it's just like an extension of his thought process of Hermione has so much more sense yeah. than Ron in that regard. But I'm still sad for Harry that that didn't happen. So, a lot of things come up in my mind for this and it has to do with like the Dursley's thought process because had Hermione called I think the Dursley's still would have been even if it's a normal person I still think that the Dursley's would have been like who the fuck is calling for Harry Potter I agree with like, that but then it also makes me think after the first book happens they got a little bit more lenient with Harry and now they're a little bit more lenient like Harry or not Harry Harry can fly around at night that's what I was about to say Anyway, he does have a broomstick. There are too many H names Agreed. in this entire scene. Hagrid, Hedwig, Harry. Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's only three. Oh, wait. Hermione, <laughs> my favorite person. Now, that's enough. Those are that's like just funny, main characters. Because they all like fucking important. Yes. So now Hedwig can fly around at night. And this is how he actually gets the mail. So it makes me wonder, like, did they maybe foresee this happening? Like, what happened last year? He escaped, you know, barring the windows made no difference. Keeping Hedwig in cage made no difference. And of course, they were like, well, Hedwig makes too much noise at night. So might as well let her out. I don't know. I wonder if they kind of like almost knew like, okay, like, let's be honest here. What kind of compromise can we make that that's going to help keep us safe, you know, from people finding out that we're weirdos? Yeah. Or that we're related to a weirdo. I don't know. I don't know. It makes me wonder like what goes through their thought process. I mean, not much because they're the fucking Dursleys. Seriously. They got nothing going through their mind except for gossip and drills Drills and bacon. and food. I mean, let's be honest. Two of those three things. Fine. (laughs) Gossip and bacon. (laughs) <laughs> fine by me fuck your drills <laughs> so that leads us to he's like recapping everything that we already know about his life and his friends and everything he realized that he's 13 now he's officially a teenager which that's something that i definitely want to keep an eye on in this whole series <laughs> and that, i mean some of it comes up very soon already but when he sees this creature in the distance and it's three owls yay and one of them is hedwig and one of them is the tired bitch himself my favorite tired bitch oh my earl. god earl and then mysterious beach mysterious bitch that owl don't got a name. No. But you know I. What? Let's name her. I mean, it's Hermione's owl, right? No, her, it's her, Hogwarts. Is it owl? Oh, it's Hogwarts, Hogwarts owl. And, and Hogwarts owl was just like. Because, like, how else did Hermione ship her present? Hedwig. 
Oh, so Hedwig had to go Hedwig pick up Hedwig was Bob. like, I'm going to France. Bye, bitch. I would. That, yeah. Like, Hedwig was like, hell yeah. And then Hermione is like, oh, to... it's Hedwig. I guess I'll send Harry's birthday present with her. Seriously. And Hedwig is just being the best. H- Hedwig was like, what the fuck? You want me to do work? I'm here for some croissant. Hermione probably gave her one. Don't worry. Oh, hell yeah, she did. She's nice. She wanted some croissant and Hedwig flying through this room with a little tiny beret and a cigarette hanging out her beak. Oh, my God. And she's like, I have to carry this stupid owl. <laughs> French Hedwig. And, and, and Errol's like, shut the fuck up. I'm a tired bitch. I'm a tired bitch. You haven't heard this clip where we first <laughs> talked about Errol and the way that Tara says tired bitch about Errol is just oh I don't know it's I'm not the funny quoi. one so she is she's <laughs> funny she's got those moments of genius well I try so anyone who wants to name the Hogwarts owl she needs a name and it's a she I've decided right um, in right in tell us what you this want us to name that owl first contest Who's going to name the Hogwarts Owl? Your prize will be... Harry, a biting, murderous book. That's right. From Hagrid. Your prize will be that you get to name the owl. Because we don't got anything And we're going to talk about you on the next episode. Yes. We'll mention your name to our ten listeners. Including you. Yes. So nine people. <laughs> I liked her, though, because she was chill, you know. She's like... She was fancy. She's got a job to do. She's a career owl. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hedwig and Errol are pets that are also being useful, that probably are a little resentful. She's a casual owl. She got her beret. And Errol is a hot (laughs) fucking mess. Poor Errol. Poor Errol. But that's where then we get to these gifts. And first, we have Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. In the last book, you were talking about, Ron, why aren't you going to Egypt? It's because he knew. Because he was going to, right? He was going to go to Egypt he was going to go to right Egypt now. anyway. I love that they won that money. And yes. I love that they used it for a thing. For the yeah, family. they did it for just like pleasure. They're they... going to be together. And because that's not a thing that the Weasleys obviously get to do. There's a fuck ton of them. So how often do right. they all get to go on a family vacation? I also enjoy all the description that Ron puts into this thing. Ron about like great. the curses that Egyptian wizards put on the tombs and skeletons growing two different heads and everything I, it's so <clears throat> interesting it's it's something that it's, we really haven't seen too much of it's like what Hermione says in her letter like they were fascinating I do want to comment on how Molly wouldn't let Ginny come in the one I was like Ginny is a year younger than Ron and also Ginny went through hell last year bitch can handle it yes also she deserves a vacation no matter what right? it is Ginny is still young and not quite the Ginny that she grows into yeah but you know that 14 year old Ginny is that she didn't get to do this right so Ginny two years from now was like remember that time we went to Egypt and I didn't get to fucking see any of the cool shit because y'all wanted to baby me well I'm better than all of you bye exactly yes I I don't even have to argue that (laughs) like she becomes the best one she's fucking great also, like, you know that all the stuff that she's going through, yes, in the moment it's very traumatic, but we all go through things in our lives that are difficult, but it makes us stronger and it makes us who we become. I think that's something very apparent with Ginny, too, because you see what a badass she becomes oh, in the future. Yes, Ginny. Not just in this series, but I think of, like, even when we saw Curse a Child, we talked about after the fact how, like, man, she is an HBIC. Dream. Yes. To play exactly. Ginny Potter. For real. Oh, my gosh. One day you will be... Oh, just looking at your cute kid. <laughs> He's still in the I, th- I thought you were, like touched by me telling you that one day you'd play Ginny Potter. No, she's just looking at my cat sitting in a hole. 
I got this I like mean, tube. That cat. I've got this tube thing with holes in it, and they can like nestle in their own burrow. And Busby's in there right now, and he is a thick bitch. And I don't know how he got up in that hole. He's never gonna get out. He does that all the time. There are times where I'll be like sitting here, like watching something on Netflix or playing video games, and he will cause a ruckus. There's this lamp right next to the cat tube. He'll like make the cat tube shake it back and forth, and I'm like that ikea lamp that is kind of like paper he's gonna like get destroyed it's gonna die. by this fat cat ass berkeley's walking away like yeah i know i she know she comes walking in here like she knows she's, she's hot she, she, no she, well she is for yeah. sure but she's also like yeah i agree <laughs> that fat fuck over there he ain't gonna come out of there i love you Puzzle. we love you too but you a chunk <laughs> i love you so that's ron's I oh, love Ron's letter. And then, of course, he gets the pocket sneakoscope. Yes. And there's a little bit of foreshadowing already about um, how it was spitting at dinner. And Ron was like, well, they didn't know that Fred and George put Beatles in the soup. I know, right? I but love that. But there is somebody there. And <clears throat> we aren't going to get into that right now. <laughs> yes, we'll learn all about that. Yes. Um, Hermione's letter actually explains, you know, that Hedwig shows up. Yeah, that's true. She's like, give Harry a birthday present. She's like, oh, actually, I already had planned that because I'm Hermione and I think of every fucking thing. Her present is fucking good. It's so thoughtful. It's so good. And he like, that's how he literally gets through everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's something for the next chapter. Can we also talk about how the PS in both their letters are about Percy being head boy? Oh, yeah. So Ron's like Percy's head boy. He got the letter last week. Hermione, Ron says Percy's head boy of it. Percy's really pleased. Ron doesn't seem too happy about it. Because this is really the last book where we even hear about head boy. Yeah, seriously. And Percy graduates and then no one else fucking is head boy. That's right. Or girl, obviously. I'm not sure, like, the importance of that, but I think it's fascinating that that was the choice of both of them PS'd that. I wonder if it's like, okay, after the last book, you remember that Ginny is here. You know that the twins are here. The twins have some important stuff to happen in this book. Percy's the other one. He's like the fifth Weasley that is always here because Bill and Charlie obviously aren't as present. But Percy's still here. And I think because he has such a prominent backstory in future books, it's still something to mention and keep him top of mind. Because I think naturally he's going to become the one that you forget about. I was re-listening to those terrible episodes that I had to do when I recorded by myself. And I mentioned the thing about how when Ginny is taken into the Chamber of Secrets, she has three of her brothers and I forgot about Percy mm-hmm. even at that moment and he's constantly been mentioned in that book and I had to have Karen from Australia kind of chime in and be like no Percy's this too I'm glad you fired that bitch me too she was very unreliable I love Hermione's gift for Harry I think it's an interesting choice given how this book goes yeah and I love it I think that that's beautiful and then Hagrid oh Hagrid I mean did we expect anything different from Hagrid I love Hagrid I think that it's super cute. It says, whatever was inside of it snapped loudly, as though it had jaws. Harry froze. He knew that Hagrid would never send him anything dangerous on purpose, but then Hagrid didn't have a normal person's view of what's dangerous. I think that it's just cool to, like, remind us in this book, before we actually meet Hagrid, what Hagrid's about, because he's so unintentional in the way that he endangers students you know sure it's so unintentional and his his focus is wrong but his heart is right and yeah like you get that in just a few sentences from harry's point of view like i know haggard is a good guy and whatever i just love it it's so interesting that you say that i did not think of this when i was reading it but when you said that it made me think of haggard's story through this entire book the magical creature that is introduced in 
Prisoner of Azkaban and how important it is and how that's a nice little side plot and everything. And when you think of everything that's happened so far, Fluffy and Aragog and even Norbert and how it really was kind of this haphazard thing and there were really no consequences. And there are consequences here, and it is a little bit of an opportunity for growth for Hagrid. And honestly, Buckbeak is the least terrifying of all of these goddamn yes. creatures. Yes, oh, Buckbeak's the shit. I mean, you know me, I think Fluffy is adorable. But... I know. In one of the last episodes of the last season, we did that Fuck, Mary Kill. Oh my god. Them. Yes. And I'm like, curious now, like if Buckbeak was thrown into the mix there. I don't know if I can do that necessarily, though. Mm-hmm. There might be more Fuck, Mary Kills this season and out of four buckbeak is my favorite so. of course me too because fucking great. i would marry the shit out of buckbeak right i don't know there might be more fuck mary kills that might replace neville counter because <laughs> that crashed and burned last oh my season. god this is a good book for neville counter it is but like in basic snitches fashion does it make sense for me to like abandon the neville counter during the book where it makes the most sense Probably. <laughs> and Fuck, Mary Kill is like a fun little like thing. I hate Fuck, Mary Kill. I love it. Fine. I don't want to fuck or marry every, anybody. I just want to kill. Well, that sounds like a Slytherin. It sure is. Sure is. Fuck, Mary Kill. Arrow, Hedwig, Hogwarts Owl. This is awful. I don't want to kill any I know. Owl. This one's a this one's Well, a I'm going to marry Hedwig. And I'm going to fuck Hogwarts Owl and let Errol be done. Pass away with some pass dignity. Pass away with some dignity. <laughs> I also maybe just want to fuck Errol because maybe he needs some good time before and then... See, I think I might be more inclined to that. Fuck Errol. He doesn't... He don't get... Right? I don't want to kill don't the get owl, though. Um, you know what? We're going to let Errol fake his own death and get the fuck away from Ron Weasley. Oh, and like shit. that's nice. That's I'm going to help Errol fake his death and he can go live on some owl sanctuary somewhere. And I'm gonna marry Hedwig, and I'm gonna fuck the Hogwarts Owl, cause why not? I think I 100% agree and support that answer. <laughs> I think that's probably the right thing, cause you don't want any of them to die. No, I don't. Like there, if we do this fuck Mary kill thing this season, there are gonna be some difficult fuck Mary kills from both sides. There are gonna be some where I don't want to kill anybody, and there's some where you're like I want to kill everybody. And we don't want to kill any of those. Well, battles. the first one was great because I had a great answer. Good job. You did. You had a very. I'm smart gonna cheers product. myself with my wine. Very good. I can't cheers her back because I already drank all of mine. Buckle in for episode two, hoes. So yes, back to <laughs> Hagrid's thing. How does the book not wake up the Dursleys? Oh, that well, there's that. Also, has that book been suffocating in this b- box? In this parcel? Her book. Yeah. Does this book need to eat? Does it need to breathe? Does it need to drink water? Is there book shit all up in this box? <laughs> My brain is done. Who knows. <laughs> I mean, that's very unfair, Hagrid. But also, like, I feel like this is maybe one of the last times where, well, I'm going to eat my words on that because there's plenty more content for us to read here. After all these past incidences with creatures where he doesn't mean to be malicious or anything, but it's putting children in danger and things could have gone pretty bad. It's our Hagrid. This is one of the last ones, if not the last moment where it happens prior to him kind of getting some consequences out of it. I hate to be like, well, Draco being a little fuck was maybe a good thing, but perhaps it like lit a fire under Hagrid's ass. We'll get there. We're going to talk I about I do want to go sure. back and talk about how Hagrid definitely had some consequences, though. Like he went to Azkaban, expelled from school. He's had some He had some consequences, but it, was, it wasn't consequences on anything that we've seen in terms of like, he didn't go to Azkaban for Norbert or Fluffy or Aragog. 
He went to Azkaban because, because of... Because he was framed. Right. But that's Aragog related. At oh, the same time, Aragog. like, that I don't think was purely just Hagrid. It was the the corruption of the government. You know, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't purely that. A lot of it, I think, was circumstantial. But yes, I mean, he hasn't learned his lesson from some of that. Like, you would think, right. like, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this and putting... I think Buckbeak is, and we'll talk more about it in the book, but just to say it simply and shortly... Buckbeak is the first one of these creatures that we get to interact with that we're not terrified of. We actually care about Buckbeak in a different way than we did about any of the others. I wouldn't even say terrified of. I would say apprehensive of. Because, I mean, like, you weren't terrified of Fluffy. But also, like, Norbert wasn't necessarily terrifying. It was just, like, (laughs) stress-inducing. Right. I'm eager to look at the story around him in this Yes. But our Hagrid, he's a good guy. We love him. He is. We all, like, as much as we do bitch about Hagrid, I think, he's a little bit similar to Ron, I think, in that he gets a fair amount of criticism, but also a fair amount of praise. We tend to perhaps praise Harry and Hermione, for example, a little bit more. I mean, that's not always true. There, There's always a little bit of good and bad with all the characters in these books. I, I think we've been pretty fair. But Hagrid and Ron are those two that sometimes get a little bit more 50-50. But we all know that his heart is in a good place. He's like, we've established beautiful. that. After yes. that is a letter from Professor McGonagall. That's right, about Hogsmeade. And I love that Hogsmeade is mentioned so early because that is one of the things perhaps that makes this book so wonderful to me. All the Hogsmeade stuff? Yeah, it's like in the second Diagon Alley almost. Well, it's it's more world building and I love Mm -hmm. that. The chapter ends with, of course, as much as this is probably the most hopeful beginning chapter of the series. Mm -hmm. It's a little like melancholy, still like he was glad for the first time in his life that it was his birthday great but for the first time in his life like he turned 13 again i've mentioned this before i didn't celebrate my birthday until i was an adult yeah and i like didn't go through that sadness once i hit it like once i was like i am celebrating my birthday i wasn't like oh i regret that i didn't have my birthday but when i was a kid i was sad you know so that line is very poignant it's still a beautiful end of a chapter but it's also just sad that a boy turning 13 for the first time in his life he's been glad it's his birthday it also shows a lot of growth though too yeah. You know, yeah. I think that because there is that hope, overall, yeah, there's the darkness of this book. There's going to be darkness from here on out, 100%. But because this book is so different and it fits in in a different way from the other books in the series, the theme of hope, I think, is still something that I want to keep an eye on. Oh, because, yeah. Because it definitely sets the precedence here. Anyway, you want to take a minute to talk, literally a minute to literally talk about, minute to talk about the, movie. the movie. Cause this is one of those chapters that really isn't in the movie. I really kind of am fine with it. I'm fine with it. Too. I love this chapter. I really, I really, really do. love this chapter. I don't necessarily need it. It's in, not important in the, movie. in the movie. I love how prologue to the movie basically tells what you like kind of gets you into it. <laughs> Other than the fact that Harry can't do magic outside of Hogwarts, so stop making him do magic Yeah, he's lumosing in bed. (laughs) That sounds dirty. He's making his wand light up in bed under the covers. Vernon keeps on coming into the bedroom, which he can't hear that. Let's be honest. Vernon is an old motherfucker. He don't got good hearing. He is just nosy. I've said this from the beginning. I think Vernon is always, like, curious and, like, too concerned about what other people are doing rather than just focusing on himself. But, I mean, it's a comedic little thing. Yeah, I, I liked the introduction, even though it didn't really 
tell the chapter. It kind of got what we needed. In the beginning of the next part of the book, he mentions the letter to Hogsmeade. But everything else, I mean, this really is the chapter for reminding us of what happened in the last book. Well, that literally was maybe like two minutes. Yeah. Would you like to hear who got points? Of course oh my I god, would. that was fast. I almost wasn't prepared. Okay. Oh my gosh. So this is a very, very positive chapter. I'm giving away a lot of points. What? I'm giving 20 to Harry simply because it's his birthday. Aww. You're a teenager now. Prepare for puberty. You're 20 points. You're a teenager, Harry. Plus 10 to Hermione and Ron for giving, um, I think, gifts and letters that were both thoughtful and heartfelt and very indicative of their personalities. I really enjoyed that. And they were able to update us on what the fuck's going on. Yes. Yeah, and give more backstory. I love that backstory Especially that Ron Especially the gives. Ron stuff. Yes. Yeah. Plus 10 to Hedwig and Errol for delivering it. And I mean, I could have given maybe more to Hedwig. I did not give any to Mysterious Owl. Well, but... we gotta give Mysterious Owl a name first. That's right. And we can't do that without you. We so can... we'll no points for Mysterious Owl. Owl. Yeah. But that owl's gonna get points on an episode where that doesn't That's exist. Right. In months from now, we're gonna finally get a comment. Where we're gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, plus ten for Hedwig and Arrow for going out of their not going necessarily going out of their way. I mean, sort of going out of their way. I mean, we're Arrow was trying to map and not do any Errol's work. A tired bitch. Hedwig was like, "I'm in France. I'm trying to." That's not a French accent. <laughs> Try again. You know what? You know what it sounds like. Hedwig was on vacation. Plus five to Wendell the Weird because <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think it's so fun. The only person I'm taking points away from is Hagrid. Oh, <laughs> And, like, Hagrid. it's not a lot. It's only five. Negative five to Hagrid because it's like, that's a weird present. <laughs> and that's all. So, to recap, plus 20 to Harry, plus 10 to Hermione, Ron, Hedwig, and Errol, plus five to Wendell the Weird, and negative five from Hagrid. All right. And next time, we're going to read... Fat bitch ant. Say it with me, Tara. Aunt Fat Marge. bitch <laughs> ant. You didn't Fat say it. Fat bitch ant. Yeah. Aunt it, Marge's big mistake. Yeah. Guess what the mistake is? It's herself. Ooh. She a mistake. She's the worst. She's not the worst. She's just on the list of the worst. She's pretty bad. She was giving me some umbrage vibes. But we'll talk about <sighs> that. Perturbable. Next. So we'll see you next time. time. That's right. Hooray. Bye. Bye. <laughs>